episode 5 of Under the Spotlight. Thanks for the feedback in the previous episode, and thank you for downloading this one. Before we begin, I'd love to hear from you and your thoughts after the episode. If you'd like to give feedback, please DM me at Hugh Burgess on Twitter. If you'd like to support this show, you can head over to paypal.me forward slash Hugh Burgess Germany and make a wee donation. This episode may contain profanity. I'm Hugh Burgess. You're listening to Under the Spotlight, Episode 5, David Ost. My guest this month is David Ost, a German-born singer-songwriter, whom I first met in Pony Bar, where most of my podcast guests have played. He's a somewhat reserved fellow, handsome and always well-dressed, sporting a woolly hat, with an accent that is somewhere between Glaswegian and German. David and I talk about his travels, his adventures to Ireland, Scotland and the Caribbean, and ultimately his arrival in the music scene. I'm still finding it difficult to accept that he's so early to the music scene, as his writing and producing sound seasoned and truly self-aware. His style is catchy and professional, mostly created in his semi-professional studio that's set up in his apartment. I went over to see him in the rain, grabbing a few beers on the way, and buzzed the door. Hello. <laughs> nah. From the main door, there's a spiral staircase that takes you down into the living room, where we sat and ate pizza, catching up on the last few weeks. And then I just panicked. We moved into his studio afterwards. You know what I mean? Because it's just a random room with random shit in it. And I think that qualifies quite well. Before we get into the main interview, I need to tell you something. We spoke for, uh, I think it was about two or three hours. So a lot of this has been condensed down. David is a deep thinker and often takes large pauses, critically thinking and trying to make the most sense out of all of his thoughts. It seems to be best presented in his music. His music is complex, but concise. I hope you enjoy. It's a recording studio, because that's what it looks like. (laughs) His studio is about 15 feet long by six feet wide. There are several amps along the floor on the right and guitars hanging above. There's some boxes in the back from his new roommate and a sofa too. He has an impressive setup of speakers, hip level high, with mirror pictures above of 80s bands. It's like a classic flea market element, isn't it? So you can put yourself in with the band? I don't like know. a fucking sad sack that you <laughs> I are. Think it's just how they did it in the 80s or something. Was it Ireland or Glasgow first? Um, Ireland was first. Okay, that was back in. You know, I studied. I began studying by the age of 19, as people do in Germany. 
finished by the age of 19 or something, right? Being done with, with their studies, which is insane, because being 19, you obviously don't know shit about anything. So, so you went to the very south of Germany to a little town called uh, Constance. Do you, know, do you know it? Can't say I do. <laughs> oh yeah! yeah right. The old, the old fucking. <laughs> no. Um. Yeah, it was. It was alright. So it's a little town, like I don't know, like ninety thousand people, and it's by a lake, which is beautiful in the summers. I was studying there for like I don't know, two good years, and then I had like this obligatory internship, and I knew that I wanted to go abroad. So. Um, yeah, I was just looking for opportunities, and then I just found uh, this random company in Dublin, and I was like, sounds fun. I've never been, like, abroad somewhere for, for, for a long time. I've been to, like, uh, Mexico for, like, one and a half months, but just to, I don't know, just for vacation, right? So I went there, and um, it was it was something. So the job was, oh, I don't know. It was weird. It was pretty weird. Spent a shitload of money, but that was my first official, I don't know, like abroad experience, I guess. Mm. And when I came back, I was like a bit heavier. Let's call it that, because I, because you know, like, what are you doing in, in Ireland? You just go to pubs and drink. Drink, right? Exactly. Yeah. So. And I think that was the first time in my life where I did not do any exercising for half a year. Like, not even once. Can you believe that? That was insane, man. What year was that? 2011. Let's just call it unhealthy. But it was fun, though. And, and I came back and I was like, this is, this is cool. Like, living somewhere else is kind of, I don't know, it's, it's very interesting. Because just going... Just stepping outside, just going to the supermarket and just random things that you don't really think about much in your like area of comfort is exciting when you live abroad. I mean, this is probably every day for you, right? <laughs> every day is a challenge. <laughs> Come on. Well, buying those fucking six packs was, was, was yeah. something. Yeah, so I just realized that it's, I don't know, it's, as you said, even though it sounds like a fucking wall tattoo, every day is a challenge. It is actually when you live in abroad, right? Um, so yeah, I was like, cool, let's just wrap this shit up in the south of Germany and move somewhere else, right? How much so, did you weigh? I have no idea, man. I have no numbers in my head. I mean, it was the time I um, came kind of like, uh, Rebecca and I came closer, so she didn't care, so it was not that bad, I guess. Okay. Yeah. When did you start? Rebecca. So we've known each other for, I don't know, 15 years or something. Like, um, we went to the same school. And um, then when I came back from Ireland, that's kind of the time. So when I was like full blown, right? She was like, hmm, look at that guy. <laughs> he seems nice. And my bachelor thesis was due. And I was like, this could be a nice opportunity to just, I don't know, to, to move somewhere else. And I applied basically all over the world. And um, then... I did that bring you to Glasgow? No, that's just going to Hamburg first. 
Okay. And um, I knew my sister was already here, so I've been to Hamburg before, and I was like, this is like a cool place. So I just, yeah, just hit the road, and then I started my, my internship at a big company here in, 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 in Hamburg, and did my thesis and all that. And then I went to China first. summer I went to um, the very south of Germany in, to a little town called Stuttgart and we recorded three songs and by saying we I mean um, a good mate of mine called Mo and he also went to school with my roommate and um, he's a sound designer a producer a rapper and um, just rented out the studio That's definitely a work in progress because, as I said, all of those three songs were—they were—they sound cool. So we kind of figured out the landscape, the sound landscape for all of those songs. But we figured out like spending a bit more time on them makes sense because we find things that we want to add and just fine-tune the shit out of them, right? You want to introduce it? It's, <laughs> it's about someone mainly or basically it's it's inspired by by someone i think that's that's fair to say and um yeah it was just really fun to describe a couple of things in a in a, in a way that sounds good and that also might mean something else to someone else so this song um this one's for you jules <laughs> This one's for you, Joseph. You know what I'm talking about. Fucking. It's okay. I'll cut this. Fucking young. No. young Please start again. again. Start again. So, I just got my new guitar and I got a loads, like, like loads of um, I don't know. Let's say things to think about right? and things to channel. I think in this song I'm describing just things I, 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 I like to remember and also a couple of twists and I don't know, I'm, I'm, I'm questioning, you know, there's like this, 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 this point where things might not 
make sense anymore certain certain systems and um, yeah so it's always led to opposites right and that's what I what I like to explain in the course that's what we talk about that's modern graphics is something unheard of mainly and something not that but something we'd always do as mentioned these songs are a work in progress so here's the first one. Some, some videos circulating on the world wide web yeah. um, of me being on a stage performing three songs that are all like I'm not like eight minutes or something I'll with dig. my former roommate hey it's a fun fact That's I'll dig I'll fact. find them yeah yeah I know and um, so we, we wrote songs in quotes right it's the really important part we wrote songs we were like be like a, an even rhythm it needs to be complicated it needs to be like um porcupine tree-ish it needs to be like proc metal kind of style because that's what we were into we were into like uh, incubus and like proc rock and stuff like that like complicated shit and just good sounding i don't know like interesting rock music So we kind of wrote songs, right? But that was that was it. We were both my former roommate and I. We were both in the uh, high school band performing at the you know like prom or whatever you want to call it. But that was pretty much it. So I always knew like so there's something that isn't that hard for me, like sitting behind the drums or just picking up the bass. It's not that complicated for me. I can kind of wrap my head around it. Mm. But I've never written a song where I'm like, this is a good song. Right? Oh, really? No. Never had that. N until that point, never. Okay. Never ever. So I kind of like dropped it. So my, my dad knew, okay, so he's into drums. So, you know, I was, I was taking like drum lessons when I was like 14, something like that, for like two years. Took piano lessons for like a year because I wanted to be able to, to um, 
Yeah, read music. Read music. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah. So I wanted to learn that, and then we had like this this book that was like um, for children who are into learning music. It was just like using one finger, like going up the scale and down again, and with like some very basic melody shit going on. And I always came in like, hey, like Mr. Teacher, like I have this idea for this song. Like, can we work on that? Because it was also Besides having like a million ideas on the, on the keyboard, I was also a super fucking lazy and not like into doing like the the, um, the exercises that you kind of gave me, right? You know, there's like this thing. I don't know if it's just a German thing, but it, like at the end of the season of like the the class season, um, there's like this event where all the, the the students come together and just play a song they learned, and they either like, and then the parents come in and stuff like that. So. Even though I wasn't able to read music after a year, I didn't learn like any song. You know, I could not read any song from from papers or something. Like um, I still had this song, right? So we kind of worked on a song that I kind of like came up with. Mm-hmm. And then, do you, you remember know, how it goes? Oh, oh fuck no, no. So um, yeah, I was, you know, I was enjoying the drum lessons and I was not enjoying the piano lessons. And this is where I started to pick up a guitar because I was like, fuck those exercises. Um, there's like this very guitar being around in the house. Let's just play random shit on it, right? No one's playing it? My dad used to play it a bit, but um, it was, yeah, it was basically just in my room, right? Also because it looked really cool and my people were around and went, you know, look at that. Look at that bad boy. And the guitar. And um, so, did you, did you did your parents ever say to you like you go and play an instrument? No, 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 no. I mean, my sister, who's six years older, um, she plays the piano really well. When I was in, in, in Dublin, obviously, I went to like I walked through Grafton Street, right? Like the legendary fucking Grafton Street, where all the fucking amazing buskers are. Like, I, I mean, think I've been there. Uh, I'm pretty sure I've walked down that street. Have you seen once? Music, the, the Netflix movie. No. It's about a busker who falls in love with a girl in Dublin. I'm <laughs> sure he played Solid on that street. Solid start Italian. It's the only place I've seen buskers. I, you, you probably walk like a good 10 minutes. Is it, it's like sh- big shops there. Big, yeah, big yeah. names. It's, it's a shopping area. Yeah, 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 yeah right. Been there. Yeah. It's just a very nice looking, rather short street. And it yeah. ends like with a big shopping center and like St. Stephen's School, right? And um, I think that was like the first time I heard like people playing like Ed Sheeran's 18 and shit like that. Oh, was, that, like, the that time. long ago, right? That was the time. And I was like, what the fuck's going on, right? I've never heard like singer songwriter shit. I've never until that point because I was into like, I don't know, like, as I said, like Incubus and, and like full band sized music, right? Never like just one dude with a guitar. Mm-hmm. Just one one lady. So that was revealing. I was like, what what's going on here, right? And of obviously the A team's pretty catchy, right? Like let's play that song at home because I brought this this one here. And then I couldn't play it and I was like, yeah fuck it. <laughs> so the interest in into so music, you stop playing. Yeah. The interest into <laughs> into being able to perform the song was not there. Yeah. Right? The ambition was not there. 
I just fiddled around and just played a couple of chords here and there. I don't know, maybe like a week I played maybe like, I don't know, maybe like half an hour per week. You know, that's nothing basically. Did you struggle with that ambition? I just didn't care that much. It was not important at, the, at that stage of my life. Mm-hmm. It, was, it just wasn't. So I remember a bit further down the road when I was in China, we had this really, really shitty guitar lying around in the flat. And whenever I was alone, I tried to play a song by The Hat and the Heart, um, which title, I can't remember. Um, I really, really liked the song and um, just tried to play it, but I, it was always just stopping at like 80% or something because I just couldn't do it as good as it was in my head so it felt really uncomfortable and really degrading some sort of you feel like you're being harder on yourself definitely and that's probably going to be um, something we talk about quite a lot in the next couple of hours So um, I dropped it again, right? So I was like, yeah, fuck it. Let's just fucking enjoy China, right? Makes sense. Right. And um, what was the next step? I came back from China, you know, always like checking out, hey, where where is this relationship going? Like, where are we going, basically? Like, who wants to go where? Because one thing that Rebecca and I have in common, um, one really thing is that we throughout our 20s we really enjoyed going abroad and um, we were never the people who said like no like you can't do that like you can't go like away for I'm not happy here like a full year what about us you know we've, we've always been like yeah I get that I get the, the the thrill and I know that there's something in you inside of you that tells you like you need to just go that's what we both really, really enjoyed throughout our, our 20s. What are you laughing about? I can't open it. <laughs> I can't just try that. <laughs> just take off the edge of the, the table. How do you... No. Should I do it? Yeah. Okay, go on. I can't open it. It hurts a bit, but it's right. Oh, you get it. So, um, that's how you do it. So... I've officially got that sound bite now. Thanks. <laughs> cheers. Uh, cheers. Um, so, why did I say that? Because that's just stuff that was keeping me busy, right? So I didn't really care about songs or like music or shit like that. Um, because, I don't know, just, I thought it would be important to wrap up my studies to I don't know, cope with like classic life shit as like, as, I don't know, like most people probably do throughout their 20s, right? They like, okay, so I wrapped up a bachelor's, right? I've got like a bachelor of engineering, engineering, uh, which apparently they give out to everybody. But yeah, apparently. And um, I was like, so cool, like what can I do with that, blah, blah, blah. Just normal shit, I guess. And um, then at that time, uh, Rebecca was like, hey, so, 
she was still in her bachelor's, right? And um, in her studies, it was like obligatory to do like a half a year abroad for studying and an internship abroad, right? Because it was like international economics. So she was like, well, I'm off for a year now. I'm going to Mexico to study. And after that, I'm going to the Caribbean to do an internship. And when she was going to the Caribbean, I was like, I'm basically free, right? It was like between bachelor's and master's. And that's when I just booked like a one-way ticket to the Caribbean. I was like, I'm in. Yo. Right? One way? I was like, I want to learn Spanish. It's still like, it was like February, right? And I knew any kind of master studies wouldn't start until like fall. So it was like almost a year of time, like at, like at my fingertips. Right? And what year was that? That was 2015. And um, I was like, I'm coming. Can I live with you? And she was like, yeah, let me ask my roommates. And uh, they were like, yeah, okay, cool. So we lived at this like insane place, right? rich people area in Santo Domingo um, on the Dominican Republic. Oh, I have a really, really scary story about the Caribbean, though. Okay, go on. It's a good podcast. Yeah, go on. It's a, it's a legit podcast story, right? And just to spoiler, after the Caribbean, um, that's when I went to Glasgow. Okay. So I'm, I'm almost done. So we're so almost there. I'm almost there. Cool. So um, it was just the two of us, like Rebecca and I. And I was sitting on a spot at the table where I could like look down the corridor, right? And see the, the door frame of our bedroom's door, right? And um, she couldn't because we were kind of like sitting around the corner, right? Uh, just sitting at yeah, a different yeah. spot at the table. Okay. And we were just about to start. I was already having like holding up the fork and the knife, right? Like, okay, cool, let's, let's do this. And um, I was just seeing something like in the corner of my eye. Just something moving in the store frame I just described. And then I looked at it kind of like, again, kind of like... A double take. A double take, yeah, yeah. exactly. And um, I realized within like, you know, like a blink of an eye that it's a person, it's a human being standing in the door frame, kind of like, and we start to lock eyes, right? And he saw that I just saw him. And then the fucking scariest thing of my life happened. And he just turned slowly. And then he just looks at me, stares right in my eyes, and just is like... He just like puts his finger on his mouth. Oh, that's lips, terrifying! On his lips. And just, did, he have a, did he have a mask on? No. <laughs> just proud. Like, just like, yeah, very proud. <laughs> Remember this face. <laughs> exactly. And yeah. just turned slowly back into the room while, while having the finger on his lips. And in, was, into your bedroom? Yes. Oh and I was like, uh, Rebecca, there's a man in our, in our bedroom. Yeah. First thing she says, like, do you know this guy? I'm like, no, I don't. I do not know this person. And then kind of like, you know, without talking about it, we just left. We just left the flat. We just went downstairs in front of the house. <laughs> Let the guy roam the place. Yeah, we didn't care, right? Because okay. it's, 
I think it's a city, it's an island, it's like a, it's a, it's a state, it's a country where shit can go fucking crazy. I, I think what makes it so much more disturbing is it's unexplained. <laughs> It's like you don't know. Maybe that was the, the 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 guy that owned the property, or like maybe you do know that guy. What we know for a fact is that he didn't come into the front door. That's a fact, right? So I don't know. It's it's kind of an important fact, I think, about Jesus this story. Christ. So we just went downstairs because every a building complex in this rich area has like the security guy sitting there on like a plastic chair with a fucking pump gun or whatever. Yeah. Like heavily armed. He just came back from the supermarket. Like, hey guys, what's up? We were like, dude, this one time we fucking need you, right? Yeah. <laughs> You're just fucking shopping or whatever. We're like, call the fucking cops. And he was like, uh, 911, right? I'm like, yes, 911. <laughs> what's, what's, what's your occupation? Was he wearing, was he wearing a um, floral? Flops, yeah, of course. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was like fence. an undercover. It has the fence was yeah. fucking hot, so. Yeah. No, no, no bother. But, um, and that, in that kind of second, we, um, we heard the neighbor screaming because he was like fleeing over their roof. Back yeah. on the streets, and then people on the streets were like, Poesia, Poesia, and all that. And then we were like, Ah, there's still like one flatmate left in the room. <laughs> we just left her there. We just realized. You left that your flatmate. And then we just knocked, like, Dude, it was just like this dude just in, 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 this, in, this, in this flat. She was just watching Matrix or whatever. She was like, Excuse me, what? So that was fucking scary, and he just took money, right? Because he came into the window and he left through the window, which is fucking like. 20 meters above the ground, which is insane. But like two days later, like kind of the second wave of this shock, I was like going to our, our, our wardrobe and I was like, okay, is that yours? Is that your shirt? Is that your pants? She was like, no. And then it just hit us. As we just like locked eyes, we just, oh fuck. So while we were doing breakfast preparation, he was in our room changing clothes and changing into my clothes which he also stole. So that was like a second fucking wave of a shocker, wasn't it? So wait, and then I remember so you didn't like, really get robbed. You just got some some <laughs> creep who was like, I need a new change of clothes. <laughs> I need a house. I need pants and I need a shirt. So this is also, um, I mean, something that I ex like someone said last weekend, and I thought that was really, really funny. He said something about translating very freely from German, obviously. He said something about like relationship music. I think we talked about like, hey, so what are you into? Blah, blah. And he was like, well, basically everything besides relationship music. <laughs> and I was like, Cool, so you will never listen to my songs. That's definitely for sure. But um, I think it's, it's a relationship song to a certain extent. But also it's, it's about a very specific subset of experience. It's about 
kind of something that I have experienced for a couple of times now. It's about, you know, two people getting to know each other and one part, like one party of those two people is leaving the scenery more heartbroken than the other one. Let's put it like that. And, um, yeah. I mean, it's also about someone, let's say, like, inspired by someone. I think that puts it a bit more diplomatic. Okay. The truth is often not quite what it seems. I'm not a bad guy, but I guess I'm that guy. She sweeps me off the earth below my feet She's such a sad girl Oh yeah, she's that girl When we're wrong, that's right The truth is such a lie Burning up inside Tonight to a million pieces And the devil make care of God a deep end I am selfish and I can't help it We both know how this will end I know That was A Million Pieces by David Ost. So then after the Caribbean, you arrive in Glasgow by some set circumstances? Yeah. I kind of loved, like, the... I fell in love with the, like, UK-ish charm already in Dublin. Yeah, music is cool. I like it. But I'm not that interested. So when I went to Glasgow, this whole Grafton Street vibe kind of came back. And, um... I don't know, like after a couple of weeks, we realized there was this cool place called The Box, which then became kind of our, our favorite place, right? Where they had like those blues sessions and like open mic sessions, like open mic jams and shit. And we were like, holy fuck, what's going on here, right? So all those people who played there, like, I don't know, there was this guy called Jamie. If you, if you would stand there, if you stood there and you just closed your eyes, you would think like fucking John Mayer is standing there like blasting out a solo. It was insane. And he knows that. He knows that. He knows, you know, he's fucking good. Everybody, I think everybody was like comparing him with like John Mayer and shit. But Definitely a good lad. So it's a big shout out to but it was just like the first guy I got to know of this like like you know one of those musician guys so I don't know like a month in I realized there's like this open mic session and I just felt like doing it so I got out played some drums I started to really like this place and so we went to this open mic thingy this, this blues jam I think it was like every Sunday or I went there like almost every week and I played there a couple of times. Then 
got some sort of ambition because I was like, what if I prepared something for next Took this as a deadline to say like, hey, why don't I play two songs and the first one's going to be, I don't know, some random shit that I wrote and the second one's going to be like a weird jazzy thing that I saw on YouTube that I like, which doesn't make sense. What, what made you decide to be the performer? I have no idea, man. It just just was this, this UK-ish vibe again that kind of was floating around everywhere. So the thing that is so different is that you don't have to pick a place and say like, yeah, let's go there because they play live music. You just go somewhere and you know they probably will play live music there, right? Mm. So that's something really different. And um, that's what I really enjoyed. So there was like this, this, this musician, this, this music vibe all over the fucking town, right? And I started to play guitar almost like every day, which is insane. And I got to know more people of like, you know, like more like full-time musicians. So just, you know, just to, to paint the, the full picture. So those are like guys in their very early 20s being so fucking good already, right? So we're talking about like, I don't know, like a drummer, big shout out to Micah, obviously, and like bass players, guitarists, like horn players, right? And they're like jam sessions everywhere and like, especially like two places, right? Like the Box and Mangoes, I think it was like Wednesdays and Sundays, which is always like two nights a week. It's, it's good. Like, I mean, if, you, if you're drinking two nights a week and you have different occasions for like drinking some other nights, it's almost half a week spending like drinking, which is also like almost enough, I guess. And um, it's just those insane sceneries because everybody on that stage is so fucking good. Just imagine like you're standing there with, with the pint in your head, your head and your head obviously already. And there's just this horn player coming in, just coming into the club and be like, oh, that song, yeah, cool. And just picking up his instrument and just jamming out, just starting right in. And this just creates like this certain, I don't know, this certain vibe. Sponta spontaneity? Definitely, and just the, this fucking coolness that I've never experienced, right? It's just fucking this, I don't know, just something very admirable and something also very professional, I think. Like a, like a collective feeling of creativity. Definitely, yeah. yeah. And I, especially in like in the second half of, of my stay over there, like I got like, I became friends with loads of those guys. We're still like in touch and shit. And, I'm following like what whatever they're doing. Definitely, we're still like like in touch. Yeah, and that feels really good. And um, also, the girlfriend of my of my roommate back then, coming from Sweden. I just realized someday that she has like this insane angel like voice, mm -hmm. and she was also really much into music. Rebecca is her name as well, and um, I knew she played guitar, and then we just started to. Jam, I guess. Did your voices suit each other? I guess. I didn't really like sing that much. 
the last time I sang was like when I was 17 on this prop rock thingy. I don't know. Did you have like a reminiscent kind of moment about being 17 and wishing that you could do that further? Like about the ambition thing? Like were you pushing yourself to do what you didn't want or, or didn't have the motivation no, for? I, I think that's, that's a really important part because I felt like, oh wow, like throughout almost the entirety of my 20s, there was no urge for pursuing any sorts of musical activities because I had, first of all, nothing to tell, nothing to say, just no, I don't know, like no intrinsic ambitions of like picking up a music instrument and I don't know, it just wasn't there. I just it just felt like I just needed to experience what I've experienced throughout my 20s to reach this point where I'm like, now I can begin. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. like now I can start trying to filter all of that shit and just write it down and just try to, to come up with like three to four minute snippets of all of those things that I've experienced, I guess. And that became your... And that kind of c c became like my, my new thing. Yeah, my my right. old new thing. Your priority. Yeah, exactly. Because I knew like... And everybody like I was studying with like... They kind of knew like, okay, this is nothing entirely new for me. And I knew that uh, as well. So it was really easy to like get along with those guys. And to like talk about music shit. And to like just show each other like stuff that we love, right? To just stay up fucking in the, in the, in the early hours. And just listen to music and have a drink and smoke and whatnot. That was the best, man. So here I am with all of those guys, right? And they're as inspiring as fuck. So I don't. It was just the time where I left 2017. During that time, was the music somewhere and still in, in there somewhere yeah it was, or was it like i had like one gig a year right, right? it was something huge for me i guess yeah right because were you, there was were you like working towards it or was it just on kind of like yeah it was, it was it was more like on the sidetrack it was it was much more important than it was before like yeah right i see throughout the entire 20s but it was like okay so i brought this home from right from from the island basically i brought this with me and I'm going to put this in this case and I'm going to open this case sometime but it's there now right I know where it is I know where I have to look it up and um, I can take care of it whenever I want and then I just focused on all those other things where I got my masters and all of that and that time also like Rebecca and I we were having this band right with this, this Swedish girl and we were called Woodland. Woodland? Woodland, because we both lived in Woodland Drive. Very clever. Very original, yes. We know them. <laughs> and um, it felt like, well, this, is, this feels really good. This could go something, right? And all the feedback of our friends and all that, it was really, really positive, right? It was like cool, really nice, nicely written. So how it went 
is like she'd come up with a song both lyrics and like rough arrangement and then I would go in and say like okay so this could be a bit more catchy this could go here this could go there mm-hmm. and then the end product would be like something really cool and it kind of like it kind of worked throughout the last couple of years I really enjoyed being very analytical um, when it comes to like pop music well would you say then that you're more of a producer than a musician so back in the days when we were still at school we were producing kids around town right so we had this little um, semi-professional studio almost like the one here <laughs> at my mate's uh, in my mate's uh, basement and um, yeah so we were producing like we were producing I think like two LPs and the sound was nice. So yes, I think it was coming more of like, more from like a producer's perspective. And um, I still enjoy like, I don't know, doing arrangements and like beats nobody will ever fucking hear, right? But it's probably another perspective. So I'm not the cliche struggling artist who wants to say something really specific like this entire thing that needs arrangement, that needs other instruments, that needs like this whole thing to be the thing as closest to what I have in my head, I guess. So maybe in one word, like, yeah, maybe like a producer perspective, I guess. It sounds really blown up, but I think you know what I mean, right? We played, I think, one gig in Hamburg, which was fun. We played like two gigs in Glasgow, which was also fun, which I only could have, afford because I was having this day job so I was like yeah I'm flying over I'm coming over for a week just having fun playing two gigs that don't pay yeah. <laughs> where like five people listen to it sounds like there's a running theme here that you're getting more and more into finding your something I'm also really passionate about yeah you're finding your passions I was at a point where I'm like well I have my own kind of writing style is not that folky and she always used to say like dude your lyrics are really cheesy so um, she she writes like crazy poetic and really amazing like those lines she writes are like oh man like it really means something you know what I mean it's really good stuff and my stuff like it it's gotten better I guess but it used to be fucking cheesy mm-hmm. I mean, anyone can write cheesy. I guess. You, what I hear now from you is not that cheesy anymore. No, you're like really, you're really <laughs> good at writing a hook. Like you're really good at the structure of the song. No, I'm it's, talking lyrics now, right? Yeah, but yeah. lyrics as well. Like you've integrated everything really well together now. Beginning of 2019, which is this year, I think this is where the entire myth kind of derives from, right? Okay. I sat down with a mate of mine called Henning, who's also really good songwriter, singer-songwriter, he writes in, and, and sings in German, um, we were like, so is there also like, you know, like this, this open mic thing going on in Hamburg? Because I was telling him all about the Glasgow kind of feeling and vibe and the opportunities that you, that you have over there and like, just the, the, the scene, right? And then we started to look into possibilities on Facebook and stuff like that. And there was this guy, like, I don't know, some dude, like, I think he was called 
home or something, we'll put together like a list of like open mic sessions. And we were like, here it is. Mm. Let's check out all of those. And then we were like, let's start by doing this pony bar thing. Let's start with that. Let's start on the, I think it was the 1st of March, right? We wrote down Freundlich and Kompetent, like the classics, right? Brückenstern, good old days, the one Jana used to do, right? And we realized there is a scene going on. We just have to get into it. And this is why this, you know, this is why I keep telling, because it's kind of true that I just started this march, because everything beforehand was just basically fiddling around, just fucking around and just preparing, I guess, just, I don't know, just now and then, just doing some things. But um, I knew I had this, at least one really cool song. So the weird thing I, is that I played, like, I was supporting this guy who I came um, to Ponybar with, right, Henning, in Prinzenbach, which is a fucking amazing location, right? You know that one? So they share the same backstage area as Docs, and that's when I met Tom and everything kind of started rolling. I think the first time I went to Ponybar in July, I just remembered you were a bit opener. And you had five oh, songs or something. That, yeah, yeah, that's, that's possible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember sure, like yeah. going. Someone was saying, "Oh, this guy is the main act," and then there's support, and I was like, oh, "And then they, this awesome. person left." <laughs> no, but then you kept playing, and I was like, "It's kind of a bit. How long is this? Yeah. <laughs> this opener?" <laughs> but yeah. about to be like I was just able to play just this half an hour like you got out of your system yeah but also because there was nothing else to play that was written by myself so even though I, I came there knowing that I only basically like, like three songs of all those six and maybe like half an hour of gig and I was like I have to fill half an hour so let's just take yeah, right. this I don't I think I have a three-year cycle, because I remember um, I did a song, I think it was two months ago now, in the Pony Bar, mm. and oh, yeah, I think it was Pony Bar, I remember going home, saying to Jules, I just hated that song, I just don't want to sing it, Yeah. and that, I, I had a horrible experience in about 2009, my cousin had very kindly got me on stage in a place called the Adam House, which was like a like a big um, venue for the Fringe, which is the biggest festival in the world, in held in Edinburgh every August. Cool. And the music, comedy, drama, acting, all that kind of stuff. And I was in the music thing, and um, uh, 
see venues they do music and uh, it's like all is it like this 30 day festival yeah. yeah 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 and uh my cousin was working see venues and he said oh you can sing you can sing upstairs i was very young as well i was about 18 19 i was fucking naive my Two years ago oh yeah but um i remember like being on stage oh the guy after me was wasted but really good <laughs> still better wasted yeah, he actually got drunk to be good. Oh, like he was, and he was an image as well. He had like a, a feather earring. Of course he did. Big feather earring. He was like a proper um, bohemian. Yeah, really bohemian. But brilliant singer. Um, yeah, and I was very aware he was going to be on after me. And I went up to sing and I started singing. Um, oh, I was doing a cover or something. And I remember hearing my voice. And a guy, it was like 20 people sitting in chairs in the dark. And this guy kind of leaned in and looked at me. And I remember he must have heard me in the bar where they play on, like Pony Bar, they play the speakers yeah. in the bar. Yeah. Uh, because I remember when I was singing, I was like, oh, there's music playing in the bar. And I realized it was me. Yeah. He came in and watched me and I felt really good in that moment. But then at the song I was playing, I just didn't believe in it. And it, it was, I'd never been in that situation before where I, you know, how do you deal with that in the moment? And I just stopped playing and I said, I'm really sorry, I don't believe in this anymore. Okay. And this this voice out of the dark went, play something else or like play a new song or play your shit or something like that. And I just got so, I got incredible like stage fright about it. And then you barfed all I just bawled. No, I, I mean, I played like some bullshit song that I'd written, you know, fucking hell. My music used to be fucking shit I'm, I'm honestly not ashamed to say it I've got I've got like um, a big black book which is about half full of songs I drop a couple of titles like some titles because I had one song that was about a dog from the perspective of a dog but cleverly I've written it like I'm an old man and then it turns out it's a dog is it the one about the apple no that was the apple song <laughs> okay. um, obviously there was a shit one which was I just remember like Oh yeah, there was one called a poem, which was, this is something I heard recently, is never write music to please someone. Never write music because somebody else has said that they want to hear, they want to hear that, or they want to hear this style. So if I came to you, like, write a reggaeton tune. If you said to me, I think you should play in this style and write this kind of song, I should always say no. Obviously you shouldn't. I mean, yeah, but like people that you trust and people that are close to you that say, I think you should play this style and blah, blah, blah. Uh, anyway, so I, I did this song, which I didn't I think you should sing in German. Fuck it. <laughs> no. But, um, uh, yeah, I remember this, this, I'm going to cut this because I don't want to, I don't want this. Oh, this is the fun part, man. No, not specifically this one, but, um, <laughs> yeah, the, the song was called The Poem and it was, um, what I learned from really bad songwriting was to be truthful and be honest. What does that even mean? Well, like, first off, if you're truthful, you resonate with yourself and you, you're a lot more, I guess, humble in the experience. Like if you're trying to be something, it's going to die out real quick. The first time I saw you sing, I remember something very poignant about your eyes was... I know what you're trying to say, yeah, yeah. At the end, did I tell you this? Yeah, you told me. At the end of the song, you... No, I'm doing it on purpose. Yeah, but it was like, you would stare at everyone as if to be like, did you see that? 
<laughs> you see my trick? Yeah, but then when I saw you last time, like a month ago, you played with such a honesty, and it was like, and that's so much better. And that's what I mean. That was just like a month later, right? And that's exactly what I mean because I was already so much further down the road, right? I played like one or two songs that I've not played beforehand, and like new shit. So. Like every song, every new song that I write is like a hundred percent more truthful. I think what you also just mentioned is this, this this truthfulness than the one before, right? So uh, I remember you coming up to me and saying like, "Hey, this some of your songs that was really powerful." And I was like, "Yeah," because I fucking also fucking felt it because I feel like every like. Every time I pick up this 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 cool guitar here, um, I don't know. I, I I know a couple of things that I didn't know the last time I picked it up, you know. And I think that's that's why that kind of like difference occurs. But the first thing sounds funnier <laughs> after a song like. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, you may now applaud. Yeah, because it happens in spite of you. That's why it's so good. You know what I mean? Like when, if you try to be the, if you try to say to the audience through your music, yeah. I'm amazing. It's so. Funny. I mean, John John Mayer can do that, and he knows it. But that's probably the only person on the fucking planet. Yeah, but there's a thin line between confidence and arrogance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm scared to ask you this, but are you gonna stop playing music? Are you going to put it away again? Like you did before? No. Not anymore. Definitely not. Because beginning of the year, especially when I met Tom, he was pretty much the first professional musician who believed in the shit that I do that much. He was like, dude, this is some, some really valuable shit you got going on. And I was pretty struck by that mm -hmm. pretty much and I was like either this dude is fucked up or has no taste whatsoever or he's just fucking bored <laughs> I don't know one of those things or the other potential um, 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 answer to that there is actually something that has just come together right and I like to write this thought ever since because it's obviously very soothing and it just makes sense and it led to other approval like uh, other situations where people were like yeah, that's good stuff cool man makes sense you and that stuff you do makes sense it adds up it, it paints a picture that makes sense that I that I can you know see myself in consuming let's put it that What's your um, inspiration behind Endless Nights? Oh, that's definitely my mom, even though she doesn't know that. My sister doesn't know. In the eye of a hurricane, you wanna scream, but you know I can hear through all the noises from outside. Were you all numb because you had a dream? 
playing games you don't wanna win, but every time somehow make it alive. Say nothing's wrong and you're right. Who am I to say some? I'm just a boy and I hide till the cards are long gone. Burden to see, and it's scaring the living hell out of me. Endless Nights by David Ost. I was listening to. Uh, I was watching that movie last night, um, Walk the Line, Johnny Cash. One of my faves. <laughs> and um, I just got so inspired to pick up the guitar and start writing. I haven't written a song in. Falling for You was the last one I wrote. That was like two and a half months ago. Good song. Uh, thanks, man. And. Um, I, uh, yeah, I just, I remember when I was at Pony Bar the other day, I said to Yana, I feel like there's a song coming, like, in the back of my head, I can feel something is gonna, you know, like, you kind of get that bubbling before you write a song, you're like, I feel it coming, and then you sit down and it's like, <laughs> and you get it out, that, that's, that's what happened. Maybe. But the trick is not to get caught up in what you're writing. Just let it happen. <laughs> yeah. That's what I found anyway. And also, like, I'm, I'm super analytical about what I'm writing. Yeah, and I'm thinking, people aren't going to understand this. But then I'm like, hey, hang on a sec. People don't have to understand. <laughs> so. Yeah, I know. And sometimes I'm, I'm thinking about, like, when I think that, am I already, like, just with this thought and this decision... Do I lose a couple of million people? And you know, by, by every decision decision I take. So you are you road, are conscious of people's opinions. Yeah, but like all <laughs> like mainly in like an analytical kind of like because I'm like I'm kind of like torn throughout this entire process, right? There's like me who struggles with getting shit together and getting shit done and writing like a song and getting it done, like doing the lyrics. And having like a cool guitar part and vocals, all mm -hmm. that that it takes. And and then there's like, it's almost like sitting in front of me, right? And then like there's this other me, telling like, nah, nobody's gonna listen to that. And I'm like, oh, oh yeah, you're right. Do you yeah, feel yeah. you've had that for a long time? Yeah, I guess. 
think it's just those different persona that, that, that run with it in my musical mind. There's like this producer producer guy. You got Mr. Motivator, Mr. Mr. Provo Mr. Producer and Mr. Demotivator. Mr. Fucking Hey, let's write even cheesier lyrics than John Mayer does. This guy also lives in my head. And yeah, I don't know. Just trying to to have everybody agree on at least something. I guess. What makes your um your latest song your favorite? What's my latest song? Gamblers of Romance. Oh that's that's one that I wrote like over a year ago actually. But it's been shit for quite a while. And that's just one that I'm like this is the only one that I'm actually proud of. Which Why? is insane, right? Because it has a unique technique to it, it kind of summarizes my um, my um, my technique, right? Like it just summarizes what I can do with the guitar in a in a very smooth kind of way. I feel, and it makes people go like, "How the fuck do you do that?" Right? And it's a good feeling. I remember my roommate who was who studied fucking guitar. He was like. How do, how do you do that, right? Like or like Tom? I remember like the first time I sat down with Tom, he's like, "Dude, you have to teach me how you do that." And I was like, "What the fuck's going on? This is fucking Tom Closet sitting here asking me to teach him something." And I was like, "Something happened. Something, something feels new. You know what I mean?" Here's an early release of Gamblers of Romance, a song by David Ost that's coming out on the thirteenth of December. We'll be fighting for our daughters We'll be crying for our sons Here is shouting from the rooftops It's a riot for the not-so-lucky ones Telling tales and broken songs about tomorrow Marching through the streets and waving flags Hear the voices chanting louder for our sorrow We won't go down, no We'll be washing off the holy waters We are gamblers of romance We'll be fighting for Daughters, we be crying for our sons Cause it's our right It's our right It's our right It's our right For the not so lucky ones Doesn't rise from sacred ashes. It's our words against their guns. And still shade of hope on your eyelashes. Cause it's a riot for the not so lucky ones. Telling tales and broken songs about tomorrow. 
marching through the streets and waving flags. You hear the voices chanting louder for our sorrow. We won't go down, no. We'll be washing off the holy waters. We are gamblers off from man. We'll be fighting for our daughters. We'll be crying for our sons. Cause it's alright. It's alright. It's alright. It's alright for the dark soul, lucky ones. saying to you this is this is you yeah, this is definitely. what you should be doing do you feel definitely and do you start to believe that now definitely and the the only thing is that with no other song i have that feeling right so you found your sound not yet but gamblers of romance is definitely something that that i would like to call my son and this, this this guy that I produced with, like who basically produced for me, let's put it that way. We kind of found it together, right? Because I just came to the studio with 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 my guitar and, and this voice, and we just tried to find the sound landscape, and he just laid laid out there, right? And um, yeah, I'm still in the midst of finding my song. I think that's why I'm also writing a lot of songs and throwing them away in the same kind of manner as they as they come. Mm. So loads of shit coming but also going in the same kind of manner. Something I've kind of come to realise about myself from interviewing musicians to such a depth is that I'm trying to justify what I'm doing or I, I kind of feel like I'm constantly looking for something of a similar level. I think the word I was looking for here was validation. It's, all, it's always interesting how everybody thinks everybody else is on their way towards it yeah. and finding it, but everybody's lost. <laughs> We're all swimming, you know? And it's like, you get so caught up in your own thoughts sometimes. Yeah. Like, you were your own critic, to the point where the critic nearly nearly won the argument. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which, yeah that's, that's pretty cool. And also, what you've just said, when you, when you say, like, interviewing musicians, that kind of like 
I don't know, that kind of does something to me because I feel like you're not talking about me. And that's interesting, isn't it? Because I remember playing on this stage in Glasgow like mm -hmm. for one of the first times. And I just did something where I just slapped on the guitar like crazy and did some weird finger picking thing. And then there was this guy behind the mixer, he was like, What's that? Your shit? And he was like, You're a musician, man. Say then that and I was like, if he says so, because I knew he was. Yeah. So it was just kind of like he he just put the stamp on me. I, I don't even know his name. I didn't know who he was, but he had this magical stamp that he just put on my forehead. I was gonna ask you if it happened from you or to you, but it sounds like it happened to you, the musician speaking. Yeah. I remember when I was in Australia, people would say to me, "Oh, what do you do?" And I started this thing saying. Well, I'm a musician, but I work in blah, 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 you know? And I just started saying it, and it kind of, to force myself to believe it, Yeah. then I started to believe it. And That's interesting. It's amazing how things happen when you believe in something. Yeah. It's still one. I mean, are you a musician if you put out a single? I don't think so. You are probably a musician if you put out, I don't know, if you are able of, I don't know, either play a music instrument really fucking well and... No, not even. Let's, let's just, let's, let's, let's rewind, rewind that. I think, I think the, 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 the most important part is when you do something. Mm -hmm. Sure. And that's a load of subcategories. But you know, because like... What is a musician anyway? How would you... Random, random example. One of my roommates, right? If, if they would be able to, I don't know, play the piano really well. Random example. Like, crazy talented. Would I call them a musician? Right. Probably not. Because there's like also this romantic mystique about musicianship that requires a person to, you know, um, how would I put that eloquently? Um, to put something on the line in order to kind of like earn to be called a musician. And a classic example would be, okay, I'm not doing anything else. I'm going on the street to busk for two years. For sure. That would be a classic example. But I know also that it doesn't really make sense because shit's not that romantic. You can also stay on the street and not go anywhere. Are you then still a musician? Or are you like a struggling musician? <laughs> I don't know. Man. I think a struggling musician is someone who's doing it for a financial aspect. Because I think it's quite freeing to be a musician. Yeah, quote unquote. But um but I, I don't feel like I don't feel yet that I've earned 
to be honest. I think that, so I weird. think it's really uh, what you're saying about like doing something with it would be like putting the energy into something or yeah putting your time into it like your focus into it yeah you know like I you know that German um, saying to have a swinging leg and a standing leg mm. what you would say is someone playing the piano really well would be like a swinging leg yeah but a standing leg would be yeah that makes sense you know yeah, that I think sense. that's like the jump from just a regular and then someone who comes in and is like I've met people in the past who have said oh I'm a musician and this is what I do and then you see it and you're like ah, yeah, really? I wouldn't, yeah I wouldn't yeah. call you that yeah but like it's so subjective because it's art and art is subjective you look at a picture and someone sees something completely different when they look at it you know mm. um so this is kind of I feel like we're kind of naturally winding down here but just one last thought on that one no, the funny thing is that to me, like, you're definitely a musician. Oh, come on. But I want to hear, like, from your perspective, why would you think that I think that? Why would Why would I think that you think I'm a musician? Exactly. What led you to believe I was? <laughs> That's not an answer. To it. <laughs> That's the cheap. Um, cheap is key. Why would you think I am? What's that word when you do something that you don't want to tell people you do? Is it guilty pleasure? It's called wanking. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> uh, so I was on. I I use SoundCloud to listen to music yeah. or Spotify. I was on SoundCloud and and I'm doing like ten hour shifts and I thought I'm gonna listen to some of my music. Like, yeah. It's been a while. I haven't heard my songs and that's also a very refreshing way to. Yeah. To look at your music is after a long time because yeah. you can take a yeah, that's true. be very objective. You're like, right? oh man, that's that's cool. Yeah, or, or that's shit, right? Exactly. Yeah. And I was listening to these a bunch of songs, and then I was like, huh, I actually have a lot of songs, and I think someone would look at me and say, "You're a musician." I, I don't know why. <laughs> so maybe maybe I have another potential answer to to this whole struggle so I think you might be a musician in a way how do I put that um, you might be more of a musician than someone else if you're let's say in a crowd of 10 people you just have a beer let's say a pony bar right we like to, to hang out and just have a couple of beers and all that when you just went up on stage and just showed what you have and just just said like yeah fuck it let's just let's just bust out this song and just go through this little tiny valley of shame and pain where you're like ugh I'm super excited first of all I'm shitting my pants back in a mom I literally shat my pants just now and yet I'm still going on stage and then to think while you're singing that everything's shit and that when you try it at home it sounded much better and then you're on stage you're like oh, blah, blah, blah. and then you're off and you're like well I did it and then some people say hey I actually pretty, pretty much like that 
I think it's so very, that process, it's right? Very, yeah. So you did that. It's very rewarding. Then you can go and have a beer with the other people who call themselves a musician. And I think in that sense, you're more a musician than maybe if you just say, "No, I'm not going on that stage." Would you agree? It, oh, I think. I it, mean, we would. I, I, I'm just like I'm I, talking about it as if it was like a magical. No, it's not like a stage. It's not like talking about ten people. It's not a ritual. It's not a ritual. It's not like if you go on stage and sing, you can join us at the bar. That's actually what it sounds like, right? But it's not. It's like I've always been a performer. You can hang with the cool kids if you sing about your feelings. I've always been a performer. I've always found a freedom on stage. That's what it is for me. Is I had this when I was at Pony Bar a couple days ago. Singing on stage, and there's a there's a point where I learned the guitar looking at the looking at the chords. Yeah. And now when I sing, I naturally look to the left, and I always find a spot on the stage like in front of my hand, and I just look at that because yeah. that's my kind of comfort pose. But it helps me focus on the song and stuff. And there's um, that song "Wild Heart." The first line is "Come fly with me." ghost of a he or she, because I'm talking about someone that doesn't exist yet, um, about a kid that I'll have in the future or something. And it's always that line that kind of, I come out of it a bit while I'm singing it, and I'm like, I'm not thinking, oh, I wrote that. I'm thinking, I I can hear my sound, yeah, and this is where I want to be. Mm-hmm. So I think when someone's like, if someone goes up to you and goes, I'm a musician, by the way. I'm far more likely to believe the person that says they're not and then shows you something which makes them vulnerable on stage. I think yeah. there's a vulnerability to, to, to doing it. I think that's just classic psychology, right? You think like, oh man, I'm, just, I'm expecting something and then the real thing is below this expectation all the other way around, right? <laughs> I'm a bit confused. Write that down. Write okay. that down. <laughs> so something I do at the end of all the episodes is I ask, Quick fire questions. But did we talk about the song that's that's coming up on Spotify? Because that's yeah, pretty yeah, much that's pretty much a big thing for me. No, we've done it and okay, cool. the song is played. Awesome. What I do is I didn't hear it. You in, you introduced it and then I'll bring it in yeah, again. and then again. Okay. the next one. Don't worry, just <laughs> um, okay. <laughs> that's why we did the whole thing, man. No, no, that's why we're sitting here. I'm gonna ask you um, about five questions. Um, I don't know which animal I'm going to be when uh, I'm yeah, that's I've listened to your shit, man. I don't know. Okay, if you could be... I'm not animal. If you could be... <laughs> okay, if it's not animal. Um, if you could be... Uh, A car? I don't know. Fucking Mustang. <laughs> you would be a Mustang? Of course not. I'd be a fucking... Okay, we'll miss that one. I'd be a fucking Toyota hybrid, I guess. I don't know what that is. Boring car. Not a car guy. Me either. That's why I don't know. Um, that even exists. All right. Well, fuck you for guessing the first question. Um, You're welcome. No, come on. If you were an animal, what would you be? Dude, I have no clue, man. You must have thought about it when you heard it. Yeah. This is like, very meta that we're talking about something that occurs and exists. But what does this. it even mean if I said, like, I don't know. Don't think about it too much. Just I used to be, like, as a kid, I used to be into elephants. Okay, um, an elephant. I don't, All right, David. I don't care about it, elephants, man. What's your <laughs> What's your biggest fear? Please cut that out. Um, 
that's a real, that's a good one. I like that one. Um, I think it's an array of fears, but from like a, let's say from like a natural selection, some sort of way, right? Like, imagine if I wanted to like really pursue this music path and then in a couple of years like ah this is the end of the world man I think I would kind of be ready for that but also it would probably be a fucking downer right but at least you did it yes and there's probably something really refreshing and relieving about that but I also fear it that's a terrible fear to have. Because that's because that's like 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 the other part of this compilation. Because then I knew, okay, so then it's back to the other thing that I really like. Because I really enjoy using my head every day. Something that you kind of admire to do or like aspire to do right now, right? Is that the right word? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um using my using my head instead of my hands. Exactly. And then it's what she said. And then you're like back to the thing that you thought it might be worth escaping from. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that for the rest of your life. Because it's only two things. You're doing one thing. Ah, yeah, you try the other one really hard. And then you're like, nah, let's do the other one. Okay, for the rest. But it's the journey, though. Yeah. What's your, what's been your biggest accomplishment and it can't be something that everybody in the world could do. It has to be a personal accomplishment. Yeah. So I, I used to be really proud of, of the stuff that I chose to do throughout the last 10 years, let's say, because I don't know all those, like every time I said like, yeah, let's leave family, let's leave friends, let's leave everything that feels comfortable right now. Let's mm-hmm. just fucking leave it and do something new. Getting out of your comfort zone? Like, loads of times. I mean, I spent, like, I don't know, the whole, the whole time of my bachelor's, like, the same amount of time I think I spent abroad, right? So I'm really proud of that, actually. I, not that I, not of the, the, the time, like, the net time of it, but that every time I said, yeah, that's that's what I'm about to do right now. Because I know also know so many people who just do the opposite and never do it. And I really hope they're not regretting it at some point. So that's something I'm definitely proud of. And that, um, I don't know, I think that I've kind of gotten used to being easy, um, or that it's not, or let's say that it's the opposite of troublesome for me to to get to know people and to 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 start some sort of a relationship. You can bring back anyone from the past, dead or alive. All right, I forgot about that question. Fuck. Actually, sorry, they they are dead, but um, somebody, family, or someone famous. It doesn't matter. Did Byron say like Jimi Hendrix or something? Yes. Something cliche. Oh, that's a really good one, actually. Um, what pops into my head is that I would actually really love to talk to one of my grandparents to figure out what the hell is going on in, in our family tree. That would be so much fun. 
You'd be like, so, here's a couple of questions about your son or about your daughter. That would be fun. Okay. Um, you crash land on an island. You wake up and you're alone on the island. And there is a magical tree that grows your favorite meal. But you only get the one meal for the rest of your life. Pancake. You fucking kidding me? Pancakes? Yeah. I listened to this question and I was like, it's going to be pancakes. But you guess, you get the shit. <laughs> the beauty and the trick about saying pancakes is that pancakes kind of compromises um, different things on them. That's the beauty of it. Oh, right. You get a... You, uh, I don't know. I don't know. You don't get the choice of... Oh. Yes, you do. No, you don't. So, yeah. You only get the, the dry pancake. Fuck no. Well, then don't say pancakes. There's nothing else. I make the fucking rules in my hand, man. <laughs> okay, fine. <laughs> um, what's your favorite word? Word? Yeah. Phew. Ah, <laughs> no. Come on. <laughs> um, I don't know, man. Ventriloquist is a fun word. I was, I, I was actually thinking, one. do you want to have a jam? Just to kind of... Yeah, we could do that. End this off. Defo. Alright. So, um, there's this song that has followed me throughout the last couple of weeks. Which is insanely good, and this one is very out of tune. That's fucking damn But we do have a couple of tunes around. <laughs>
faith to the test when I tore up that dress and Richmond on high I've sobered up a sore of that stuff forever this time and the old love podcast you've been listening to under the spotlight i am hugh burgess and thank you very much for listening to this whole episode you can find david at davidost.com or on instagram at davidostmusic uh, and on facebook as well he's coming to spotify soon and he wants me to tell you that he'll be playing at dreimsiesig in saint pauli that's 73 in german He's playing there on the 17th of February, 2020. Thanks everybody for listening and I'll catch you next time. You've been listening to Under the Spotlight.